I can say for NFL, I, I'm pretty bullish on Washington and the Chargers. It's so painful to say, but those are just two teams that have stood out since I uh, updated some stuff post-draft. Hey everybody, welcome to Props and Hops, a betting and beer podcast powered by Dimers.com and part of Blue Wire Hustle. I'm Matt Landis and this week it's part two of my conversation with professional better and ESPN alum Preston Johnson, also known as Sports Cheetah. We delve into Preston's off-season preparation process for the NFL and college football, and along the way we uncover two NFL teams on which Preston sees value. We also explore content in the betting space, including Preston's experience at ESPN as a face of Daily Wager and getting into his new show, Last Word Cheetah. We also touch on Preston's advice to aspiring sports bettors and wrap things up on a different note, shedding light on a diet and exercise challenge he's tackling this month. And a quick heads up, if you missed part one of my conversation with Preston, you can check out episode 47 from last week for an in-depth look at the art and science of sports betting, including a subtle yet substantial edge in NFL teasers and the do's and don'ts of in-game wagering and bankroll management. One housekeeping note before we cut to the conversation, if you're craving some NBA action as the playoffs progress, DraftKings Sportsbook is Dimers.com's official NBA odds partner for the playoffs And to celebrate, they're giving new customers who join DraftKings via Dimers.com $200 in free bets if their first $5 NBA playoff money line bet wins. Simply head to Dimers.com, you can find a link in the show notes, find the offer on the homepage, and click through to get a free $200 if and when your first $5 NBA playoff money line bet cashes. All right, now enjoy part two of my conversation with the sports cheetah. Preston Johnson. At this time of the year, it's maybe about as dead as the 24 7, 365 business of football will get. We're somewhere in between the draft and the schedule release and the start of preseason. So I'm wondering where you stand with your NFL and college football prep. Um, While this is generally a sports betting podcast, football is the lion's share of the sports betting I focus on. So at this stage, is there anywhere that you're seeing value? And picks are great, but I think the process is so much more important long-term. So is there anything through your process that you've started to identify as value yet? or, Or where do you stand as we sit a few months from the start of the football season right now? I can say for NFL, I, I'm pretty bullish on Washington and the Chargers. It's so painful to say, but those are just two teams that have stood out since I uh, updated some stuff post-draft. Um, and I'm not a guy who tries to like follow everything for draft and snipe all the stuff there. I know guys that grind the draft and do really well. Occasionally, I've gotten information for draft stuff. Excuse me. Um, like last year, there's a Broncos thing. Like I was very, very concrete info on who the Broncos were going to be taking if it got to them at 20 something and uh, was totally wrong and lost uh, like 18,000, I think on a draft prop. So like, like that happens when sometimes when you think you're going to have a huge edge and you still lose anyways, like we were kind of talking about with that 18% aces versus Kings. 
So, um, sorry, I went sidetracked again, but uh, on, on everything else for college football, for NFL, uh, I'll start with college football, I guess, because that's where I, you know, initially it really started. I was writing those sports betting futures style, Phil Steele uh, and uh, college football guides. And a lot of the information there was just doing research myself and then and writing it up and um, just presenting it to everybody. But it started in May and then it you know, would run through like the end of July. Then I would release it for a month before the season started. So it's a couple month process for me, which I have started the last uh, probably about two weeks now. I started doing a lot of college football stuff, but I will say like a good portion of what I do now is automated to. So a, a lot of like a team or school ranking going into the season will be dependent on like a weighted average of their last three seasons, like their prior rating for three seasons kind of culminated with a little bit of a weight on more recent recency versus say three years ago, but also like it's extremely nuanced because like back in the day I used to, you know, and I still like follow every coach, every coordinator, what's their value to not only like the team um, from a positive negative impact offensively defensively but even like coordinators and tempo and certain ones schematically run different things and so i found a way to like kind of incorporate that into what i'm doing uh automatively and that that helps a lot as far as a time saver versus what i was doing before where i basically have grades and like i can value what you know a certain coordinator is to a point spread or to a total um, not even just like a head coach, not even like an actual quarterback or uh, offensive line, right? So, or a recruiting class. So I've, I've gotten it pretty detailed where everything kind of funnels in and funnels out. And obviously there's going to be like, um, what's an example? Ohio, the Bobcats from the Mac, Nathan Rourke, I believe is his name. Like really above average quarterback for a Mac quarterback and for anyone Ohio would normally ever get. He's been there, I think the last three years, maybe even all four. And now he's not there anymore. And so what, what would I use a, you know, prior weighted on the last three seasons when they had Nathan Rourke versus I'm not sure who it's even going to be this year. That's probably a bad prior for Ohio Mac football relative to expectation. So there's certain times you have to kind of like manually make some adjustments based on personnel stuff, like a significant piece, like a quarterback or a coach or a coordinator. So um, some of it's manual, some of it's torque in that, but uh, in general, it's, it's, it's really just kind of a, a process that I've, I've built through through my my week to week modeling, but then like preseason, just kind of assessing the value of every piece to what makes a football team run on both sides of the ball. Yeah, well, from that, I will take away that uh, sitting on Washington plus three hundred to win the NFC East, and and a small flyer on Justin Herbert at twenty five to one to win MVP. MVP. Uh, we'll nice. hopefully have a little bit more promise than I even thought when I made those bets when we first connected. So the division yeah, that, one's really good. I, I'm pretty sure that's like two thirty range now. It, it's quite a bit lower. I think that's going to be a really good bet. I mean, you're going to lose more often than not. It's one of those things. Wrap your head around mm-hmm. it. You're going to probably lose a third of the time, but getting plus three hundred, it's a great bet. I think. Yeah, I, just in terms of thinking through break-even percentages, bookmaker it looks like they're one ninety-eight right now. So let's just say two to one. So it's basically I meant to say break- lose two thirds of the time. Someone's going to call me out on yeah. that. You'll lose two thirds of the time, <laughs> but at plus three hundred, it's it's good. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Unless it's grossly mispriced, it, it would indeed lose two thirds of the time. But still, if you have a break-even percentage of uh, you know twenty-five percent on a bet, and and the true probability is thirty-three percent, again, those are the kind of edges that at this stage we're just Great. kind of trying to suss out, and then let the chips fall where they may still is going to lose most of the time, but in the long run, that's how we can hopefully turn a bit of a profit uh, or in your case, a lot of profit. Oh, hope so, man. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to get into some betting content here as well. I know we're approaching the hour mark. So I um, want to 
make sure to Sorry, respect we, your we, time we here. Do a few minutes. It's all good. Yeah. Cool. So uh, with uh, a lot of people obviously knowing you from your time with ESPN, I'd love it if just to start off in the betting content space, how would you describe your daily wager experience and ultimately the decision to leave? Sure. So, I mean, it learned a ton. It was fascinating. Being on television is really, really bad for your ego. Like it was cool walking into a sports book in Las Vegas and someone comes up to you you've never seen before. They know who you are. Like, I don't know. It, it was, it, that's great. Um, and I was actually talking to someone about this earlier today. I, I did a radio spot and they were asking similar questions just kind of about the sports betting media industry and space as a whole. And, uh, so for those that don't know, so I was at ESPN for two years and then I did decide to leave after that um, when my contract was up. And a lot of it had to do with, uh, for unfortunate circumstances with COVID last year, but having time away and not even actually having games to bet on for a few months because of everything shutting down, um, I really realized and wanted to prioritize my flexibility. I actually moved from Vegas down to Southern California to be closer to family as well. And I just wanted to make that number one. And, you know, I have, I have two kids, I have a wife, and then, you know, some other family members that are down here now. And that was always going to be, you know, numero uno. And going from there, I wanted to then decide um, for my time, now that I am more local, what's going to be most feasible, maybe not necessarily the most lucrative or most gratifying as far as being a TV star, right? And it wasn't doing like TV five to six times a week and writing three to four articles. It was just really exhausting. And um, we, I, we split on great terms. I'm still friendly with everyone there. And I think the one thing I didn't, and they didn't recognize is it's, it's interesting because when they were starting daily wager, it's like, Hey, we're doing this new show. We're ESPN. Like it's going to be a big deal, but they wanted to bring in someone that actually bet versus just a media person. And for me, like for me to add value to a TV show or to writing an article, me actually betting is like 70 hours a week anyway, <laughs> like running my models, updating everything, keeping up on news, following the markets, anything, um, reading articles and um, listening to podcasts like yours and everyone else's like just trying to keep up on all that. You have to do that anyway to actually win. And I'm trying to win. And then I'm trying to relay that to other people via working a full-time job on top of having to work the full-time job of like trying to, do betting like it's, it's just so much and like having that break helped me realize like hey, i gotta balance this a little more where i can just do my own thing non-exclusive with anybody and bet and i'll be totally cool and i don't need to you know be in the limelight so that was kind of ultimately the the career arc there but uh it's it's nothing that i regret or anything it was it was totally fantastic and i I'm, people are just gonna think i'm saying this and i'm sure there's people i didn't meet at espn that are different. Everybody I worked with, fantasy space to betting and the Daily Wager show, behind the scenes, on camera, like so genuinely nice to me. Like people, I would walk through the halls in Bristol occasionally, and you know Linda Cohen or Matthew Berry, like people that were just like you know the top, 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 would like come to me to say like, hey, I've seen you a few times. You're doing a great job. Like it actually really um, humbled me a lot, and and I, so I thank them for that because. Um, I don't think I would have done as well or even be where I'm at now doing my own show if I wasn't able to kind of realize that like, hey, like the coolest people out there that we see all the time on TV and hear all the time, like we're really genuinely nice people. And that's all that ultimately matters. So I'm um, just kind of prioritizing life versus work versus gambling, which is just such a weird thing to kind of balance anyway for a lot of people and for professionals. So um yeah, it's been fun kind of reshaping that and molding it and pivoting. And I'm doing a ton of stuff in like the NFT and crypto space too, which we don't need to get into. It's pretty 
like confusing for a lot of people that aren't familiar with it already, but um, that's something I wanted to prioritize too, I think has a lot of upside. And so I'm um, just kind of been approaching some of these new projects. Yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to the crypto space or maybe some NFT that, I mean, that could warrant a whole conversation of its own. So maybe something to put a pin yeah. in for down the road, but I love the note about, you know, the, the culture there and hearing about your positive experience because yeah, I mean, especially in a pandemic year, but, but with or without a pandemic, life can come at you hard. So when there's that sense of community, that can go a really long way. I'll, I'll add this just because I almost, I, I, I genuinely almost felt bad that I expected some of these like really famous people to like not be as nice and genuine and just cool. And then they were. And I was like, why did I have this preconceived notion that like these famous people were just going to be all like snotty, ritzy, whatever. And um, yeah, I don't know why I like did a number on me, like just a couple weeks into my, you know, uh, time there. And, and anyway, hopefully it's made me a better person and just trying to, you know, always, you know, be on that side of the fence with the way I talk to other people and respect what they do and just kind of um, never think like I'm above anyone else. And so I yeah, definitely appreciate the kind of learning that lesson pretty quickly. And um, they were perfect for that. Set a great example. Yeah. Well, something I was going to ask that tied into the whole experience, I think you touched on it well, is balancing quality betting information and also giving out quality content. And at a certain point, you know, any given person only has so much bandwidth and you, you have to say no in certain areas or, or maybe make some compromises to do everything well. So it, it seems like, you know, some people can, again, media personalities going on the air right now with the best of intentions who just don't have the bandwidth or, or the experience to be the best with betting information they're giving out versus a lot of the best bettors in the world. I mean, you mentioned early on in the conversation, some people you've partnered with, they're not even on Twitter. They don't want the media presence because the more anonymous they are, the better that suits their interests as betters. So yeah, that balance can be different for everybody, but I think it's important to be mindful of. And, and even for people who aren't, you know, in the big time media industry, just for somebody like myself, or I think a lot of listeners working a full-time job and really passionate about betting and enjoying the content space, but also knowing, okay, like, is there a spouse, a family to take care of, a full-time job to attend to, just other priorities in life? There's there's a lot more to it. And sometimes the more in touch we can be with other areas in life, I feel like the sharper we can be and the more refreshed we can be when we get back to looking at the betting boards after totally. a bit of a break. Yep, that was very well said. And something that you articulated better than I think I even did when I was kind of explaining my like repurposing of like the mental mind state this year and doing it like a lot of these other things, float tanks, cryotherapy, sauna stuff to just make sure I'm up to like, that's hundred percent is if you can make other parts of your life flowing and happy and like less stressful, it absolutely will be correlated to the way you're dissecting a betting board uh, at any level. And um, it's like, it's hard to even explain it. Like this, the synergy of how it all works, but having, you know, things aligned like that goes such a long way. And I, my background is in poker and I have a lot of poker friends that play super high stakes and like they see that so frequently. And so like that, they say the same types of things and some of them don't even have families and they're not married, but they just having processes and routines and uh, a healthy, you know, lifestyle from a mental health side, physical side, it just optimizes your performance, whatever it is that you're doing, any walk of life, like you said. So uh, that was really good. I just wanted to reiterate that that was a great comment. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, we can uh, maybe think of it as the ultimate life correlated parlay. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that works. Uh, cool. Well, I I know um, 
something else that you've mentioned doing on, on some different interviews would be consuming a lot of content. Even if you know you're going to disregard most of it, there might just be one nugget. If you listen to something for an hour or, or maybe it's an hour long show and you listen to it in 30 minutes on 2x speed. Um, but if there's one nugget you can take away, then it might pay for itself and then some to invest that time. How do you determine who is worth listening to and what kind of information is ultimately worthwhile as you do kind of hone that filter? Uh, that's, it's tough to know for sure. I think <laughs> it's the easiest answer is like whoever wins more often than not, then you're probably okay. Or again, and sometimes it's not winning and losing. It's all right. Were, were they doing a podcast on Wednesday and they were ahead of the move, like on four of the five plays they gave out on a Wednesday. And then they do the same thing every week for a month. Like you just have to kind of be able to assess what people are saying and then, you know, compare it to the market and kind of do your own diligence. But uh, it, once you have that down, it's pretty easy to you know do it again and do it again and do it again. So yeah, one thing I, I've done less of it this year, um, just because I haven't had as much time in general. But uh, for sure, during every football season for at least the last four or five, I probably listen to over twenty podcasts a week, and the two X speed helps for that, like you mentioned. But there and if there's just so many people that know so many things, it's like trying to get us. When we talk about the closing line value and why it has so much impact or significance and it's because it's just taking everyone betting all the liquidity that exists out there molding this line um if you listen to 20 or 30 podcasts in a week and a lot of it's going to be repetitive but if you can someone out there might have something or know something that you know nobody else really does and so it's just i try to pick up on every little nugget and again that might not be worth it for somebody that's betting 50 dollars a game okay but like for me having one game a week from some podcast i heard that was Maybe I was on the fence anyway, and it just pushes me over the, the side, the edge, whatever. Like, you know, that's just significant enough that it's worth my time. So um, that's something that I, I definitely put time in. But it's also easy when you're like working on a computer or if you're driving, you know, just put a podcast on. It's something that um, is pretty straightforward. So that's, that's something I think if people think they have a good uh, intuition as far as who's giving out worthwhile, you know, actionable information versus not, then I think it goes a long way. And it's a lot easier than reading articles. Uh, you know, less time consuming and just more convenient. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point about so many times a betting decision should be about an accumulation of little pieces. And if you've just got one angle that you're hell bent on, but the market is going the other way, then you might want to question it. But if you're kind of on the fence, you like something and somebody you respect goes and, and gives you another good reason, that could be all it takes. And on that note, when it comes to accumulating valuable information, You've got a new show that could offer a lot of value to people. Last word, Cheetah, you're a couple episodes in as we record this. So congratulations on getting that off the ground. Thank I you. love the concept, a lot of quality information, really engaging with the audience. And I'd love it if you could describe the concept for the show and your vision for it moving forward. Sure. So we had, so Wednesday, today's Thursday that we're recording. And then Friday we have a show. Then we're doing a week in Dallas for this fantasy sports convention that uh, we're kind of just using this as like a test run. And then, and then we'll be officially launching after that, that convention. Um, but it was basically kind of wanted to just do my own thing and have the flexibility like we, we spoke uh, to earlier, but I wanted to really do. So, so I guess one thing that I was pretty good at a few years ago is kind of being able to dump some things down from an analytical side, from um, the process side and talk games and do smart betting talk. That's what everyone wants to do. And now everyone's trying to do that now and everyone's kind of doing it. And I just feel like it's kind of now mundane and saturated. And so my 
premise now is like, hey, let's do something that's more entertaining and less me talking about what I think is right or wrong and letting the audience like old school radio dictate sports betting shows. Like you, know, you guys are out there making bets every day. Like you're the degenerates. Call in, tell us what your favorite play is. Talk it through with me. Maybe you're on the fence about another game and you just want to hear me or if there's a guest in studio, like what their thoughts are. And I think a lot of people that are out there trying to improve and get better, they, you know, they could bounce their ideas off of someone on a phone call like you would normal radio. Uh, that could go a long way, just improving your own process. And then at the same time, kind of like old school radio would do giveaways or concert tickets or whatever we're doing, you know, based on callers that call in and give out plays that they like and talk them through. We have like a monthly leaderboard. We'll give away cash at the end of the month to the top spot. So it engages the audience. It gets it to a level that um, I, you know, no one's really doing it in the space from a sports betting content perspective. I think part of the reason, because you know, a lot of the the media heads out there that are doing it um, don't actually bet very frequently, and or at least for much money. And when they get asked a question, if they didn't prep thirty minutes before they went on the show, they couldn't really talk about it from from a sports betting standpoint. I, I, within the leagues that I can talk about, like I don't know NHL, I don't know golf, so there's some things I'll just be blunt and say I don't I don't know the NHL market very well. But for most markets I'm betting, I can like basically talk about anything on the fly. So um, that I think is, is what can make it a success is like, I'm, I'm, so, I'm knowledgeable enough to make it work with whatever the callers want to talk about from a betting standpoint. And then they can kind of dictate the content. And then last thing I should say, I'll plug this, but uh, every day, once we officially go daily, 445 Eastern, 145 Pacific, we're doing like a game show kind of thing to the caller segment where uh, it's called who wants to be a betting extraordinaire, but uh, we're going to, do like a seven day ladder where, you know, you call in first come first serve. If you answer a trivia question, correct, you get to be the contestant for the day. And if you're the contestant for the day and you get a pick right that night, we give you an option, like pick a winner from these games. You get to call back the next day for day two. If you get through day three, you get 250 bucks. You get through day five, you get $2,500. And if you get through day seven, a week straight of picking games, then you get $25,000. So we're giving like away actual money, actual cash. We're, Hopefully, you know, it catches on and it's something that people can sweat whether they're able to call in or not, right? We'll start clipping off the phone calls and they're trying to decide what to play, what to bet, what to pick for the for the game show. And so for the contest, it should be pretty good content, I think, from an evergreen perspective and just kind of an entertainment value for people that can't even listen to the show live, but just like after the fact. So trying to like hit all facets of what sports betting media can be, but the main being focused on on our new audience and an audience that I think still just trying to uh, connect to the space as a whole, right. Rather than just being told what to bet. Yeah. I love that. Look at covering all facets because so many times again on, on this show, I feel like I can get analytical to a fault and I'm okay with that because I've seen my betting process work over the course of a decade. And I hope if people can take some value away from it, then that could be me serving a purpose in a small way. But also, you know, you're sharing, like really high quality info with a really engaging interactive format. So people can have a lot of fun with it and, and the audience can be part of the show as much as they want to. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a really cool combo to, to cover all those bases. And I want to make sure that people are aware when and how to tune in. I know you mentioned this is kind of in the soft launch phase right now, but yeah. is there uh, like, if they want to just plan it as something to listen to as they're working or, or to find after the fact, when and how can people best find the show? I can comfortably say that we'll probably be um, next week. We're in Dallas for this fantasy sports convention. And then uh, we're just kind of like networking there and hanging with some people. But then the week after that would be, I'm pulling it up. Sorry. Uh, 
June 14th would be the Monday that I think at that point will be weekdays starting June 14th, um, four Eastern, one Pacific for about an hour every day. We're not actually on radio. We're just, I'm going to post it live simultaneously on my Twitter feed at sports cheetah, youtube.com slash bets, TV, twitch.com slash bets, TV media. Um, so it'll just play on social platforms. Then we'll post after the fact via podcast, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. Um, so people can listen if they can't tune in live. Um, so we're kind of just spacing it out, but there's no set radio station we're on. We are not doing commercial breaks. We're, you know, I'm not, I don't have a partnership or sponsorship yet. So, you know, I don't have to speak to anybody. We can, you know, we're talking about Pinnacle and Chris today on air and Yo Pig and One Bet and Vegas. And it just, I like some books that normally you wouldn't be allowed to talk about if you're in the United States. So it's kind of um, just super open and, and, uh, yeah, people can tune in. I'm confident to say June 14th for sure, weekdays for Eastern One Pacific. Awesome. Yeah, can't wait to continue to follow the journey of the show. And we'll wrap it up with a couple quick hitters to, to take things home here. Um, I guess to bring things full circle with the betting conversation, if you had one piece of advice to aspiring sharp bettors, what would that be? Hmm. You wrote these quick hitters in the wrap up. So this isn't your fault that I didn't look at them before. I just see them underneath. Uh, I'm just looking at it now. Uh, advice to aspiring sharps. I feel like I've hopefully given out some good advice in certain aspects um, to this point. I would, aspiring sharps is just super vague. Like, I don't know, like, are you trying sure. to, trying to be sharp? Like, I, I would say, okay, th this is what I'll say. If, if, if having some ability to code is extremely important now and being able to automate what you do. And if you're not doing that, I just don't think you can win very frequently anymore. And 10 years ago, that's probably different. Uh, maybe there's a select few that still can, but even then it might be you know, smaller markets only. It might be the WNBA instead of, you know, the NFL. And so I would say people that are really aspiring to, to do this, uh, we'll just call them from basically nothing to trying to get into the space as a better, uh, learn some sort of coding skills, even if it's just like Excel formula stuff that um, goes a long way. Like I think you need to be able to automate a lot of what you do from a numbers perspective. Otherwise it just won't be enough to kind of give you a base for what your eyes can see. And I think sometimes people think they can just jump in because they do a good job analyzing with their eyes when there's just so much we don't see as people, right? Our brains are only so big. So um, I guess that's, that, that, that's what I would say. There's so many things, but if you're just starting and you have time and you have, um, the motivation to just kind of jump into this and you don't know how to really code yet, then that's something that, you know, is a skill that's learnable and um, super applicable for, for anybody that's getting going. Yeah. I, I appreciate that because it's something that we hadn't touched on yet to your point. I mean, I can clip 30 seconds of just about anything from this conversation and, and people will find some good actionable advice. And yeah, um, my fault of aspiring sharp better seems vague. I don't know what to call it, but I think of the, um, I've heard others call it like the recreational plus somebody who's willing to put in some time and effort, but at the same time, isn't on the brink of walking away from a day job. So somebody who's, you know, on, on the path to, you know, being sharper than most of the betters out there might be looking to like, whether it's losing less, breaking even or churning a bit of a profit, um, that that type of vein of a better. And I think that what you said applies perfectly to that kind of situation. Okay. Good. Cool. So last thing I wanted to touch on, this is a fun one that breaks away from the sports talk, but June is the month of a vegan diet and exercising every day. I yeah. love the jars you posted as, as part of the social media promo for the show. 
uh, having that on the set. So how is that going? And what would you say uh, you're enjoying or not enjoying about both the, the vegan diet and making sure to get in the exercise every day? So yeah, part of it is I wanted to have this monthly leaderboard where I could kind of set goals, something that I've, I just wanted to the exercise for sure. I've been trying to do that anyways, you know, since January regularly, but uh, I want to just have ways that I, if I fail, I can put money in a jar and that we can use that as giveaway money. Um, but the vegan one, I, I don't even know if it was Quan, my, my co-host and producer, I think just in studio, we were trying to think of ways that something and a goal I could set that would be fun. Then, you know, obviously if I, if I fail, I, I you know, get, end up giving away money. But for some reason, the vegan thing, I'm a big guy, but I also like, I'll eat anything, whether it's healthy or not. Like I'm extremely fascinated by a, a salad with six or seven greens and some grains and some fruit and seeds and like a dressing. I like that still is appetizing to me. So I was like, you know, I could probably do this. And I had, uh, I've had like a dairy allergy anyway. Um, it's not extreme, but I don't drink milk anyway. I just drink almond or coconut milk or whatever. Um, I don't eat a ton of cheese or yogurt or ice cream. So that part's kind of easier. Um, you know, no eggs is maybe a little tougher, but um, in the end I was like, I could probably do this. I'll probably punt a few days. If I like, for example, I'm going to be in Dallas. I'm not sure living out of a hotel for four days, if I can eat vegan, you know, that'll be a lot tougher than just like going to the market and cooking at home. Um, so it'll be, it'll be a challenge. It'll be up and down, but I just thought it was a, something I, I felt like uh, would be beneficial. And I kind of just always been intrigued by people that make that life decision. I have no, I have too much fat kid in me to not go back to eating regular, like in July or August, but I just have like, let's see what it's like. And then today I had a, at Joey Isaacs was the guest in studio on the show and he's a better and, he says like his, I think it was his fiance. He said it is vegan. And so he's had gone weeks where he does the same thing. And he's just, he's like, I'm way more alert. I just feel like more like light. It's like hard to explain, but just more refreshed in general. And he's like, it's, I don't really know how to say it. And he's like, then I get lazy and I just, you know, eat other stuff. But, um, I've kind of already seen that the, the last few days. I've been pretty stressed with trying to get this show launched. And we've had some production tech stuff we're finishing up and like fixing and, despite that, like I felt like really, really like alert and like on top of it. And I don't drink coffee, which is nothing people rely on coffee. I don't drink coffee or I don't drink alcohol. So I'm trying to like really get the lifestyle to a point where um, it's uh, you know worthwhile to me, but also when I do fail, it's fun because then the listeners, the callers, they end up having a price pool of maybe it'll be like five, six, 700 bucks at the end of the month. But um, anyway, just kind of made a game out of it. And, and hopefully it also motivates me to not get too lazy either when I try it out. Yeah, I think it's really cool to have the mindset of it's okay to maybe punt a couple days and especially not just living out of a hotel, but going from LA, which might as well be the land of vegan food or fair, Southern yeah. California as a whole region <laughs> Dallas, to Texas. Yeah. That's, that's a change of scenery. And, and if you have a chance to take advantage, I mean, if you're going to break a vegan spell, then there are some pretty enticing options in that neck Barbecue of the woods. and steakhouses. Yeah. It, it could yeah. Be and then also it, it's nice knowing ahead of time that there will probably be a couple of days where it doesn't happen and that's okay because it doesn't mean, Oh, I snapped the streak. So what's the point of even trying? It's like, no, that's part of the process. It, it might not be 30 for 30. Similar this to month betting almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know absolutely. you're not going to win every week. And when you know that ahead of time, when you lose, it's just easier to get through that. Right. And just move on to the next week or, or next day. So yeah, it's, it's definitely true. Yeah. And, and being married to somebody who's been predominantly vegan for the past decade or so, I can really relate to, uh, the, you know, your friend, Joey Isaacs with uh, a fiance, I believe it was who yeah. who's vegan, just accidentally living in the LA area. It's easy to accidentally just go weeks where you haven't had meat and, and there's great food. Um, I mean, something 
I'll, I'll circle back on there. There's a, an account at vegan fat kid on Instagram. Oh, um, they just, it. they find really good stuff. And, and so not everything vegan is healthy. It's not all like kale and, and, you know, yeah. you know just raw carrots. There, there's some stuff that might be less healthy than, you know, a really good steak or, or something like that. But I'm trying to, sorry, I'm interrupting. I'm trying to yeah. eat healthy too at the same time, but I found a place that's called a veggie grill that yes. near our studio in, in Irvine. And I just looked at the menu and um, they have like, there's, I didn't realize, and this is part of the reason I think that I decided I wanted to try this. There's so many plant-based substitute options now. They had like a Reuben sandwich that tasted just like a Reuben sandwich with French fries, completely vegan. But it, you know, it was very it wasn't pastrami, but it was close enough that it tasted like one. And so, Reuben sandwich with fries, not healthy at all. But it was actually a vegan meal. So, um, I'm trying to balance it where I'm not eating unhealthily. But that, like, the fact that maybe it is a Southern California thing more too, is you know, being more prevalent. But I've, I was shocked. I just had not something I'd paid attention to before. But the last few years, I think society's kind of progressed to where there's, a, you know, you can make almost any dish now. Like they had, they had wings, like chicken wings, but they weren't chicken. It was mm-hmm. like a plant based meat and chicken wing. I was like, Buffalo wings are like one of my favorite things in the world. I can now go get Buffalo wings that are are vegan friendly. So anyways, it's a whole new world. It's been fun to kind of dive in the last few days. Yeah. Buffalo cauliflower is all the rage when it comes to a nice spin on wings. And, and yeah, I'm with you. Everything except for the alcohol, um, craft beer, I will admit that's my (laughs) advice, but, uh, the no coffee, mostly plant-based. I, I, it's amazing how much if you're not doing that, you're just like, okay, I'm just normally I feel like I, I need an energy kick or I don't feel well for the couple hours after I eat. But that's just how everything is for everybody all the time. It doesn't have to be and that's not to say that veganism or giving up coffee or alcohol is for everybody. But to people with an open mind to experiment, there there might be some value to gain there. So it's, it's really cool to see that you're doing this. And I'm excited to follow the journey for the rest of the month through everything you're sharing with the show. I appreciate that. 100%. And let me speak to one more point. It almost goes to that advice you had asked about. And I was trying to kind of frame the advice thing. One other thing I like to tell people, um, which again, you, you said just having an open mind, whether it be vegan stuff or just sports betting, I, I think having an open mind about anything, like especially like the NFT crypto space, there's all these projects that are happening, all these weird things. Like, sure, it could absolutely be a scam, but also have an open mind that there's a chance it's not. And this idea or this angle for a bet that you hear or your friends running by you or text you or this, you know, you pick up on something during a game from an in-game perspective. Like there's just something that don't ever just discount something completely right away. And having an open mind goes a long way. Um, so I don't know. I just, I just wanted to make that connection, I think, because um, that's something I've tried to do personally. But even people that I've worked with, um, they had an open mind to even approach me to bet to begin with, with college football. And if they had never approached me in the first place, uh, we wouldn't have been nearly as successful the last, you know, five, six years. So um, that, I think that goes a long way um, again with caution, but having an open mind, you know, maybe the earth's flat. I don't actually know 100%. It's, it's, it's close to hundred percent, but maybe it's flat. Maybe Kyrie Irving's been right the whole time. Not to that extent, but, uh, <laughs> you, you know what I mean, but it, it's good to just realize that anything's possible within reason. And, uh, Anyway, yeah, we can end it on that. I thought that was a pretty good point, though. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. I appreciate making that connection. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll go ahead and book you on 100,000 to one on the earth being flat. But I okay. think overall... I don't, I don't um, know when we're going to like call it action or yeah. not. When one of us dies, we can we can sort it out. Yeah, let There's the other quote, one know. Sorry, now, that's... now I'm rambling. There's that quote in uh, The Office where Kevin, I think, is his name. And he says... Uh, 
it's like 10,000 to one on like an Academy Award future or something. I'm like, which is going to win best picture? And he's like, if you can get 10,000 to one on anything, you take it. Just like, no matter what, like you never know, which to some extent I kind of agree. I don't know. I'm a little like conspiracy theory, like weirdness too. So maybe the earth is flat and a hundred thousand to one. Um, I'll wager a dollar to win a hundred thousand. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Uh, whenever we find out, we'll see what inflation does to that. But yeah, to, to quote uh, Kevin, I love that connection too. If someone gives you 10,000 to one on anything, you take it. If John Mellencamp ever wins an Oscar, I am going to be a very rich dude. So good. So perfect. Yes. Well, I'd love to wrap up on a high note with that quote from The Office, kind of tying this whole conversation together. Got to plug what you're up to again. Twitter, at Sports Cheetah, and your new show, Last Word Cheetah. People can subscribe to Bets TV on YouTube. I'll drop a link to the uh, YouTube channel in the show notes. Twitch, at Bets TV. It's going through Twitter as well. And then it's going to exist in podcast form. So going to be kind of hard to miss if you're looking for some really good value in a very engaging format. Is there anything I'm missing? Anything else you'd like to add? No, man, that was great. I appreciate the time giving me another platform to to show my my new show. But uh, I'm excited. And hopefully, you know, if we get a few extra callers now because they heard this, um, it'll be awesome. Happy to talk to anybody that wants to give us a chance. Yeah, well, once again, Press, this has been such an honor. Thank you so much. And if you're ever looking for somebody to share a vegan meal with or maybe a workout partner, count me in. Cool. Sounds good, man. Goodbye. Thanks again to Preston for being so generous with his time and insight. If you enjoyed our two-part conversation, the number one way you can support Props and Hops is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're interested in a real-time conversation with me and the Dimers.com community, join the fun with us on Discord. You can find a link in the show notes to do just that. Alright, that'll do it for this episode of Props and Hops. Thanks for listening, I'll talk to you next week, and until then, let's bet well, whatever you drink, let's drink well, and let's be well. (laughs) 